Alright folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast family. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Friday night, New Year's Eve. As I am recording this episode solo, uh, started this podcast solo, uh, decided not to bother anybody on New Year's Eve trying to get anybody extra uh, onto this podcast because everybody should be celebrating and I will be doing so very shortly, but... Wanted to get a podcast episode up before the time strikes midnight, and I just wanted to be able to talk with this audience, to be able to just, we'll we'll go one segment on Monte Morris going into health and safety protocols and whatnot, but most of the time on this podcast is going to be dedicated to New Year's resolutions, New Year, New Nuggets, uh, New Nuggets family, New Nuggets podcast, and just what's what's going to be happening? What's going to like what we want to see from this Nuggets group? What we want to see from me and and my my personal goals? So I wanted to be able to use this as kind of a time for reflection for anybody that is in uh, that joint state with me. Then then don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, send me a DM on Twitter. Text me if you got my number or comment in this podcast and. Uh, just just do what you can. And if, if you're interested, then I'm always open to conversations of the like, uh, just so that Nuggets fans feel connected during this time where it's been a, it's been a very interesting, very up and down, rocky road kind of year for this Nuggets team. Think about 2021. Think about where we started. I think it's actually kind of fascinating to think about where we started, where uh, actually, you know, I'll, I'll get into that in the second segment and we'll, we'll do that for the the New Year's resolutions portion of this event. But first, let's talk about the nuggets of today. Uh, Monte Morris goes into health and safety protocols, joining Bones Highland, Jeff Green, Zeke Naji. All four of them will now be guaranteed to miss at least the next two games. Uh, That's just how health and safety protocols work. You're going to be in there for a certain amount of time until you clear multiple negative tests. Uh, I... Don't see any. I don't foresee any way that those four players come back: Monte Bones, Jeff Green, Zeke Naji, on top of Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., PJ Dozier, Marcus Howard. Already those guys being out, and then Aaron Gordon and and uh, Vlaco Chanchar, Austin Rivers. They showed up on the injury report as well, and it's the reason why we didn't have a game yesterday. Why the Nuggets didn't play and. I know everybody knows that. I went over that in last if, in last night's episode, but uh, Monte Morris specifically, I think, is a is kind of a major blow for Denver, despite the fact that it doesn't really change much for tomorrow's game. It is too bad that now Denver's going to be short a whole bunch of point guard depth for uh, the foreseeable future, where Monte, Bones Highland, Jamal Murray, all going to be out. Faku's really the only point guard on the roster and Denver's going to have to get really creative in how they play their lineups and how they play their minutes uh, with this Nuggets group. So I'm very curious to see what Denver does uh, because when you don't have Jamal Murray, Monte Morris, PJ Dozier, Bones Highland, Marcus Howard, and your backcourt rotation, not even your like guard rotation, but like these are the players that are going to be playing the one, two, and three is Faku Campazo, Will Barton, Maybe Austin Rivers if he gets healthy. Uh, Davon Reed and Rajon Tucker. That's insane. That is an insane way to enter a new year where the Nuggets have to play 
on January 1st, tomorrow. They will be facing the Houston Rockets. They're already in Houston now. Rajon Tucker apparently joined them in uh, in Houston today where they got in a practice, a shoot-around, whatever you want to call it. He definitely is trying to get up to speed in terms of play calls and all the like. Uh, but I do think this Nuggets team, they're, they're in a really tough spot where, sure, you have Nikola Jokic, but you just don't have that much else beyond him. And it's just been very tough to see where this Nuggets team is going to go, uh, given that they just kind of reduce all of those pieces around him as much as possible. Uh, but like I said, Faku, Will Barton, Austin Rivers, Davon Reed, Rajon Tucker, uh, that is the the likely group, I think, to play. I'm not sure what, because Austin Rivers is questionable. I would guess that he plays, but I don't know. Then in the front court, it's not really much better, because while you do have Jokic, you're still down Michael Porter, you're still down Jeff Green, Zeke Naji, and currently on the injury report is Aaron Gordon and Vlako Chanchar. Now, Mike Singer today said that he thought that Aaron Gordon was the closest based off of what he's heard, uh, closest to coming back and being healthy is what he's saying. Uh, I have to imagine that that's true. This hamstring injury seems like something that they're trying to manage uh, with him, that it hadn't necessarily popped up that much before, but he was going to sit out the Brooklyn game last weekend, and now it looks like he's going to... Uh, take some time, take, take some much needed time in order to uh, just get that thing right. Because you don't want to, like, you're, it can be strained, it can be a little bit sore, but you don't want to pull the thing. Because if you do, then you're going to be out for a week, two, three, maybe more. Because as we know, hamstrings very finicky. So I do think that they're trying to give Aaron Gordon as much time as possible, but his role has just been so heavy for this Nuggets group that it's tough to rest him, especially when so many other players are out. And Vlako Chanchar joined him on the injury report for last game, didn't play in the Golden State game, and I'm, I'm not sure what his status is. He seems like somebody that, that may sit as well. And if that's the case, if Aaron Gordon sits, if Vlako Chanchar sits, then the only four players in Denver's front court are Jokic, Jamichael Green, Bull Bull, and Peter Cornelie. So Bull Bull's gonna play. Like there's there's if if he doesn't play, I would be flabbergasted if if those other guys are out. And Peter Cornelie will probably play too, although he's a little bit more questionable uh, if Denver can really help it, because they can play Jamichael Green at the five, Bull Bull at the four, and probably get by in some bench lineups, but they're still gonna have to fill in some gaps somewhere. So I do think that it's gonna be an all hands on deck kind of situation. Things aren't great from a roster standpoint right now because you currently have eight players. Like I said, you've got Faku, you've got Will Barton, you've got Davon Reed, you've got Rajon Tucker, not counting Austin Rivers here because he isn't healthy yet. You've got Jokic, you've got Jermichael Green, you've got Bol Bol and Peter Cornelly. That is uh, one Jokic, one starter in Will Barton, a couple backups in Faku and Jermichael Green, an end of bench reserve in Bol Bol. And then a two-way contract that hasn't played at all in Peter Cornelie and Davon Reed and Rajon Tucker, who are temporary players. So that's pretty tough. That's a pretty tough place to be. Uh, I was looking for Houston's injury reports. I had not seen it yet. They hadn't sent one in uh, in advance of the injury report that I most recently looked up. But 
It does seem like they could be without some players too. I do think they have Jalen Green back, their rookie, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, Daniel Tice they've been without. So maybe Denver can still get a win. Maybe they can still figure it out, even though they have eight players. They have potential to get back to 11 players with Gordon, Vlaco, and Austin Rivers, but I do think that they can beat a Rockets team that's when they're just kind of Jokic-centric, when they're just playing him a lot of minutes, passing Jokic the ball, having him make all the decisions, and then hope that Will Barton can put up 20 and Faku Campazo can hit a couple threes and Davon Reed can do some stuff and maybe they get some stuff from Bull Bull and Jamichael Green. and uh, It's going to be tough. Just when you say it out loud, it's, it's definitely stressful and, and they're probably not going to have the firepower if they let the Rockets go for, I don't know, 105. Like I, I can't imagine that they get up to that number, but even if they don't, they'll still have a chance because Jokic is capable of putting up 25, 15, and 7 pretty consistently. And that's basically what he's been doing this year. He's putting up 26, 14, and 7. That's nuts. That's that's really nuts. So hopefully he does that again. Hopefully they can figure it out. Uh, but we're just going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see what they do and hope that the Nuggets can just survive because that is what this time is about. It is funny that I did a podcast a couple days ago about how Denver could really take advantage of this time, that as long as you get up to like 22 and 18, 23 and 17, if you go on a run here, then you could really take advantage of some of the, it's not weak, like super weak competition that they've got here, but they do have a lot of opportunities against Western Conference teams that are all kind of hurting just like Denver. So if they do continue to do that, then this is a pretty impressive stretch for Nikola Jokic. But if they don't, can't really blame them. Can't really blame anybody because if you have to play with eight, it's tough on everybody. So it is what it is. We will just have to wait and see. Let's take a break. When we come back, we will get into our New Year's resolutions from Denver Nuggets fans. We will be right back. Back here, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, let's do some New Year's resolution talk. New Year's with Nuggets fans. I think this is kind of fun. This is a good way to be interactive, to have people be reflective in a situation like this where 2021 we can say goodbye to and start fresh in 2022, or that's that's kind of the hope. Uh, not sure if it's going to happen, and that's all like all we can control is our mentality on this and what Nuggets fans are really hoping to accomplish is mostly based off of them. It's mostly based off of their own expectations and what that means to each and every one. But what I will say is that my expectations are drastically different from where I was uh, January 1st, 2021. Think about, think about where Denver was. It's really funny because I think that I was at a Nuggets basketball game on that day, if I'm not mistaken where Denver was playing their fifth game of the season. They had gone one and three up till that point. Uh, it's clear that even though Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic were both healthy, Michael Porter was healthy, but then he went out due to COVID. And there was a big panic at that point. It's like nobody, nobody knew what was going to happen, knew he was going to be out for 
a significant period of time. And then he got COVID again, by the way. But in that first game against the Phoenix Suns, uh, Denver was in a, like, they're in a tough place where it's clear that the Suns at that point were a better team. They came into Denver's building on January 1st, 2021. And despite the fact that Denver fought back and it looked pretty good, it, it just, you could tell that the, the Suns were a well-coached, well-oiled machine, even in the early stages of their, of their trek to Denver and of that season. Obviously, they go on and, and make the NBA Finals, but it was pretty clear, at least in my eyes, that they were a, a much better, more elevated team than they were in years past from a very early point. Um, and at that point, uh, you had Jokic and you had Jamal Murray, and Denver still had some good expectations, but there was something missing after Jeremy Grant left. And you could tell that they needed that missing piece, and until they got it, they are kind of in a holding pattern, that they could have all the talent on the offensive side in the world, but they needed kind of a binding agent. They needed somebody who could put that thing together, and they got Aaron Gordon, and it really did change everything. I know a lot of people were skeptical at that point that Aaron Gordon, of all people, would be the difference defensively for the Nuggets. And I was a little bit skeptical, too, despite the fact, hey, I was a, I was all gung-ho about it. Like, look, he had a history of not like, like being very inconsistent, and he was very inconsistent when he got to Denver, too. But think about the most consistent players for the Nuggets this season and where Aaron Gordon ranks there. How would they feel? How would they be performing? with Jokic on the floor if they didn't have Aaron Gordon. Like, I think the difference in net ratings between when Jokic has Aaron Gordon versus when he doesn't is pretty stark. Pretty stark. I'm not going to look it up because this is a New Year's Eve podcast. I'm not going to focus too much on it, but things really changed from where Denver was in the early stages of 2021 versus where they are now. And I think it's pretty cool to, to look back on that. So, we're going to do this now. I'm going to go and spend probably about 10, 15 minutes on uh, New Year's resolutions, reading off what Nuggets fans have to say. And we're going to start with C.T. Fazio, a good friend of the program. He says uh, his his New Year's resolution for Nuggets fans is stopping the Faku slander every damn play, uh, after every play. And I, I, I agree. Like. <laughs> You, there's a lot of people that want Faku to be something more than he is, and I'm kind of one of them because, like, I can see some of the the misgivings. I can see some of the holes in his game, and there are other people that can't see the holes in his game and, and will be blind to them until it's too late. But it's not Faku's fault that Denver is now down to a rotation in the backcourt that includes Faku, Will Barton, Davon Reed, and Rajon Tucker. Like, that's not Faku's fault. He didn't sign up to be uh, the savior. He's more meant to be a supporting piece, somebody who gives them energy. And I think he has. I think they're, especially in that Golden State game, his energy was really good. It wasn't like a shooting and scoring energy. He did pass the ball really well. Uh, but his defense and his ability to get into passing lanes, speed up the Warriors, have them play at a different pace than they're usually supposed to. I thought that was really impressive. So he deserves that credit, and I, I do agree. Got to stop the Faku slander after every single play. Uh, there are some things that he can control, some things that he can't. And if you only worry about the things that he can control, 
then he becomes a much more fun player, is what I will say. Joker Nation says he wants to go to a couple games, finally start a Nuggets podcast of his own. Let's go. Let's go. And then stress about the loss, uh, stress less about losses on an injury riddled team. Totally agree, man. It's uh it is definitely something where I've had to recalibrate my own expectations during this time because there's only so much that Jokic can do. There's only so much that uh, this Nuggets team can do when you tie both hands and a foot behind their backs. Like it's just it's just not like viable. So good for you if you start a Nuggets podcast at me. Uh, let me let me know and I can give you any pointers, tips that you'd like. Uh, that goes for everybody as well. Um, more than willing to share my experience if you're so inclined. Uh, Connor says, Tim Connolly will get a true wing slash small forward on the roster. Amen, brother. I totally think that this is a big deal. And as long as Denver, if, if Denver were to add a true wing slash small forward, like somebody who I think is a more consistent version of Davon Reed, because we've seen what he can do in this short stretch and while I do like that, and while I do think he still has some potential, uh, it would be nice to have that more consistently on a on a semi-regular basis. And whether that's, I don't know, uh, a Kelly Oubre, uh, I'm, I'm just kind of listing names here that, that kind of makes sense, a Reggie Bullock or uh, somebody like that who, who isn't necessarily a star, isn't necessarily a starter, but somebody who can fill in the gaps, make things easier for an Aaron Gordon or a Jeff Green or somebody else like that. Will Barton too. That that's a that's a big one that people need need to have some easier time for. Um, Jacob Ruggiero, or Ruggiero, sorry if I pronounce your name wrong, but he says, I've already started doing this a little, but it's time to stop sweating the daily games and getting overly upset at results. I'm not sure how long we're gonna have him. But it's just about appreciating Jokic through all of this slogfest. Just enjoying the greatness while I can. Absolutely. That's a great perspective. Absolutely need to uh, take a step back sometimes and, and see what's going on. Sometimes I can get really numb to the historical stat lines that Jokic puts up because I have very high expectations for him. And when Denver isn't winning, a lot of times it's because Jokic is having a B game versus an A-plus game for him. It's just that the A-plus games are like triple-doubles that are 30, 20, and 10, or a 30, 15, and 15 kind of game, or something like that. And it's just, you get so used to those kinds of games and having those impressive, incredible performances and wins that sometimes you can miss the boat when it comes to of hyper-focusing on an injury-riddled team and what he has to do to pick them up. So I totally agree with that. something I will be trying to work on personally. It's always tough when you're doing a Daily Nuggets podcast. Uh, But what I will say is that I've tried to maintain this through most of this. Denver's fine in the standings. They're doing okay. As long as they get to the playoffs as a top six seed, they're going to have a chance. Top five would be better. I hope they continue to shoot for top five, but if it's top six and you avoid the plan, you're probably okay. You are probably okay. At that point, it just comes down to how ready is Jamal Murray? Can Denver find another defensive-minded wing? What's going to happen with the with the center position? And can't answer those questions until the trade deadline, really, anyway. So is what it is. Try to figure it out. 
Asher, good friend of the program and and fellow stiff. He says, end the blackout. Amen, sir. Uh, Yeah, Altitude, they ultimately said that they are going to try to amend the proposal that they had initially uh, sent to Comcast. I hope that that means that Comcast will start picking up the games and that they'll end the blackout in Denver markets. Because Denver just dealt with a freaking fire. They dealt with, they're dealing with the Omicron variants. They're dealing with an injury-riddled, COVID-riddled basketball team that they want to see. And it, it becomes even more difficult to give them your full heart if you don't get to see them, if you don't get to watch them, if you don't get to to enjoy those moments of joy when they do come. Because they've been few and far between in a really tough year. And Nuggets fans have definitely missed a lot of that. So I hope that they can, Comcast and Altitude, hope that they can come to an agreement. Uh, if they do, then I will celebrate that. I, I think that Nuggets fans should absolutely have the opportunity to celebrate it. And maybe we can get to do a get-together at some point. Uh, Stiff's Night Out style. MPJ support page, like the like the title. He says, we go into the playoffs with everyone not named PJ and MPJ. Healthy. And maybe Mike, too. Uh, I do think that Mike is probably not going to be healthy. I do think that they're going to do their best to hold him out, give him time. Uh, but it was interesting to see the Sam Amick article, Amick, excuse me, uh, where he talked to Michael Malone, got him on record on a whole bunch of things, and he talked about Jamal Murray's health and Michael Porter's health. And there weren't like specific timetables or anything like that, but he did say that they were both in a good place mentally and physically, that they weren't going to rush either guy back. That doesn't necessarily mean that those guys won't rush back, that they won't try to get back on the floor. So maybe Mike's available to go. Maybe it takes a little bit more time. I mean, I think he's, what, about a month out from his surgery? So it's probably going to take at least another three guaranteed. Uh, that puts you at the beginning of April. Can they realistically hope that he comes back before then? I don't know. They haven't filed for a disabled player exception, and that's really the telltale sign. So we will just have to see. Uh, but either way, I am excited to get back Jamal Murray. I'll have more on him in the third segment. Would be nice to have Marcus Howard back as well. He deserves an opportunity either with the Nuggets or somebody else, and he has to be able to show that in order to earn it. Policeum says, I just really want to see the team completely healthy. That's it. Totally agree. Just like this last one. Totally, totally agree. Uh, JD303 says, not going to engage with trolls who constantly complain about rotations, coaching, etc. Like they know what they are talking about. I do this all the time. I get suckered into it all the time. It's it's a tough way uh, to handle it. Really tough. I'm not going to lie that I, I really struggle with this when I try to engage as many people as I possibly can, uh, usually from the perspective of I am going to try to give them the benefit of the doubt. But if that doesn't happen and if they uh, really just try to pull the rug out from under me on a number of occasions, I can get really frustrated too. So I hope that we get less trolls. I don't necessarily do myself any favors when I say that the, the healthy nuggets would beat the healthy warriors in a playoff series. So it is what it is. Uh, I, I guess I would say make sure not to instigate 
And that would be my advice to myself because I instigate a lot too, uh, as, as Matt Moore definitely reminded me in my mentions yesterday. Um, Rick B says, uh, shout out Rick B. I will not worry about the Nuggets record until I've seen Jamal Murray re-enter the lineup. Totally agree. Totally get it. Uh, Denver's just going to hang around 500 or slightly above. That's that's kind of where I'm at with this. That if they if he comes back after game 50 or so, which will be in about 17 games, that's kind of cool. That's about what just over a month. Um, if he comes back then, then if Denver's like I don't know after 50 games, if they're 28 and 22, that's fantastic. That's great. They're on pace to do about 48 and 34 at that point. And then hopefully Jamal Murray increases that pace. Uh, But I don't know. I think that you go through slumps at various points. Denver went through a really hard portion of their schedule just now. It isn't, they're not completely out of the woods quite yet, uh, but they are going to ease up a little bit. And I'm hopeful that they can take advantage of this schedule in February, March, April, and you start to see them rattling off some wins, even when they're kind of working through some issues. And then hopefully they find some rhythm. That's really the goal. Greg L. says to play better during the second half of games. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see Denver play better. It certainly feels like the Nuggets of late have been a team that has given a lot during the first half. They've had to focus a lot to get out to a good lead. And then they drop that focus in the third quarter. And... You start to really see the cracks form in the third quarter, and then the fourth quarter is really when the floodgates kind of open for the opposing team. Hopefully they can figure that out. Hopefully they can change that because that's got to be a tough place to be. I mean, it definitely is a tough place to be as a fan because you're just kind of on pins and needles. I don't want to be on pins and needles. Nobody does. So hopefully they can straighten that out at some point. All right. A couple more here before we hit another break. Um, Kutsi twenty co co u t t s y Kautsi yeah I guess guess we'll go with that not that I've posted it but not feeling like the sky is falling after every bad loss these days amen absolutely uh, it's definitely like Denver shown the ability to beat the Golden State Warriors because sometimes the Golden State Warriors aren't healthy and they still beat them they still went into town into Chase Center got came out of there with a win. It was tough. It was pretty ugly, but they did it. They could do that against the Phoenix Suns. They've actually already done that in the first game of the year. Uh, They could do that against the Milwaukee Bucks or the Brooklyn Nets or any of these really top teams. Uh, Everybody else is in their tier or below them. So I'm I'm not really worried about it. Like it's, it's, they're going to figure it out. Um, Ethan says, I will bring the four guard lineup crumbling down. Um, not sure what you mean by this. I, I assume you want uh, the end of four guard lineups where you've got like, I don't know, Faku, Monte, Bones Highland, and Will Barton or something like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. As long as you've got Jokic out there and you don't have Jamichael Green or Zeke Naji, then I think Denver's okay. I, I, actually, I actually don't agree a lot of the time when people rag on the four guard lineups. And I do think that a player like Davon Reed, who is a guard, but is a bigger guard, 
would really help in those situations where you can add a little bit more size and switchability. So we'll just have to see. Um, Jonathan says, I've already been doing this, but to just enjoy Nikola Jokic and not take him for granted. For sure. Uh, just like I, I answered before, he is somebody that everybody should be taking uh, and are appreciating. Don't take him for granted. Appreciate him. Understand that what he's doing right now is just is next to impossible. It really is a, a very tough situation, and I think we're gonna we're gonna get a really good example of it against the Houston Rockets. So hopefully you can find a way to win. It's just what he does. All right, a couple more here. David St. Clair says, "Stop the Malone hate." Amen. I just want him to be happy, man. I want him to be uh, enjoying life because it just it looks like he's been through it with this Nuggets group and just seeing guy after guy go down, uh, injuries of uh, just really running amok for this Nuggets team. So hopefully, hopefully they can figure it out. Hopefully he can take a step back, take a deep breath. Should be okay. And last one here. M says, play a solitary game with the full healthy rotation. Uh, absolutely. think you're going to have to wait. think you're going to have to wait until next year for that one. But I do hope that we get just at least some sort of confluence of events where whatever Denver's plan is, whether it's to upgrade at a specific position, replace somebody at a specific position, uh, whatever it is, I want their plan to be actualized because they've been kind of uh, disturbed. Whatever their plan was, was absolutely ruined when Jamal went down, when Mike went down. Um, and just there's been a lot of really tough moments for this Nuggets team. So I want to see them come out of that on the other side. It would be very nice. I hope that we get to see it. Let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to do uh, my New Year's resolutions, both from a Nuggets and a personal perspective. We will be right back. We're back, pickaxe and roll final segment here. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you could, uh, my, my actual New Year's resolution would be a rating and a review and a subscription uh, to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. I, I want to continue to grow this pod as much as possible. And, and I know that it's been tough for the Nuggets crew, uh, but I do think that as, as long as we continue to put in our good efforts, uh, Good things come around to those who wait and put in the time. So my hope is that through Denver's effort, through my effort, whatever you want to call it, that uh, good things come around with via karma or whatever you want to call it. All right. Uh, reflection time. My New Year's resolutions. And these are going to be like I've got five for each. Uh, I thought that I would share these uh, because – this is a solo podcast. This is a podcast where I talk with everybody. And, and for, for those of you that share your time with me, I do genuinely appreciate that. And I try to be as real and objective and while also being uh, 
subjective where when it comes to the nuggets as I possibly can. But at times I get personal. At times I, I want to share uh, my successes and my failures, my triumphs and my tribulations as much as anything with the nuggets because I want people to know me. I want people to know who they're talking to, know who's talking about the nuggets so I can continue to establish that rapport uh, as much as I possibly can. Uh, that trust factor. So I'm going to be open here. I'm going to share. But first, let's start with Nuggets stuff specifically. This is what I want to see. This is what I want to see for the Nuggets, for their team, for the group. Uh, it's mostly, it really is mostly just mental, honestly. I want Jamal Murray to be back and to be happy. That's the first thing on my list. It's funny, Denver put out, the, the Nuggets social team, they put out a video on Twitter of the top 10, or not top 10, but the top plays of 2021. And of the five plays, numbers, numbers two through five were Jamal, where he had some incredible shots, some incredible buzzer beaters, an incredible behind-the-back pass to a cutting Nikola Jokic. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that he did. And that, that shows up in the highlights for 2021 that I miss, that I really would love to see again. He was really coming into his own as a leader for this Nuggets team. Was never going to be a 25-point-per-game scorer in the regular season. That's not what he was about to do. Denver wasn't really in that position where they could let him do that. But he was having a career year from a points and shooting perspective. And I want to see him be able to get back to that. But more than anything, I want to see him happy to be on the court again, to enjoy himself, uh, to have that stage of things uh, kind of come together for him. And then worry about the competitive stuff later. Just worry about how it feels to be back out on the court, how it feels to be playing for the Nuggets again, and then continue to build up that love of basketball. Because at his core, that's who Jamal Murray is. He loves the game. And is addicted to the game. And not having that uh, hurts him, obviously, more than anybody else. But it hurts Nuggets fans who could see him playing with his heart on his sleeve. So I do want to see that for him. I want to see a positive Michael Porter Jr. update. I, I think that a lot of this has been very negative because a lot of it has been kept close to the vest. Michael Malone opened up a little bit to Sam Amick, as I mentioned in the last uh, segment here, but it does seem like they are hopeful that Michael Porter, after the surgery, had a lot of relief uh, from a pain perspective on his lumbar spine. If that's the case, if this is more of a pain tolerance thing, if this is so that he can play without pain going forward, then my hope is that we get an update that he's able to do that, that he's making progress, that he's in a situation where the Nuggets can potentially hope for him back. Because I do think that his, his injury specifically, where it's a third back surgery, is really scary. And you want to see some assurance there. You want to see some uh, confidence that he is going to be a part of things going forward and that the Nuggets and Nuggets fans can really count on him because he was a big part of the team. Not having his shooting ability over this past few weeks, I think, has really affected things from a 
Uh, just an overall wins and losses standpoint, where Denver's margin for error is a lot less because they don't have him shooting 40% from three on a consistent basis. So hopefully he gets back to it. Uh, number three, I want to see Michael Malone relaxed. I want to see him in a situation where he's not worrying about the individual games on a consistent basis. I know it's his job. I know he's supposed to be uh, working on the minute details and that he feels like it's a it's a discredit to him and to the Nuggets if he doesn't put in that work. I'm confident that he's the coach to help take the Nuggets over the top. I really am. Like, I know a lot of people don't necessarily feel that way, but I feel that way. And a lot of it is from talking with him, from talking about him uh, with other people, just kind of the stories that you hear. And he's just such a great motivator of people that I'm in full belief that if you have the right personality leading the charge, then you're going to be okay. I know sometimes when you're losing and when Denver's blowing a lead or something, like people are going to be looking at the X's and O's side of things. I have zero problems with the X's and O's. There are a couple of individual plays from a game-to-game basis that I raise my eyebrows at, but most of the time he's pushing the right buttons. He's getting the most out of fringe players, which is what coaches should be doing. And I'm glad that he's at the helm. I really am. And my hope is that he can relax and feel like the Nuggets believe in him. And whether that means a contract extension, whether that means whatever sort of assurance that the top needs to be giving him, I do think that they should be looking at that because it would help him relax. He's in kind of a, like, I think this is his second to last year. And he's not going into next year with only one more year on his deal. Like, they will decide this offseason or beforehand whether he's going to be the coach for the foreseeable future. And my hope is that they ink him to an extension. That's like, I don't see anybody else out there that's really going to be taking it up a notch. I just, I just don't. Number four, I want to see a versatile defensive wing playing 20 plus minutes per game for a, in a playoff series for the Nuggets. It's a lot to ask. I understand that player may or may not be on the roster right now. Uh, I do think that Aaron Gordon more counts as a forward than a wing, and I differentiate between those two. Uh, a wing is somebody that I want on my point of attack players. Somebody that's around the size of an Austin Rivers or Jamal Murray or a Davon Reed uh, who can really worry about the point of attack defense. And then I want Aaron Gordon on the best perimeter player that's not a guard. I want him on the wing. I want him on uh, like if you're playing the if you're playing the Phoenix Suns, I want the point of attack defender on Chris Paul. I want Aaron Gordon on Devin Booker. That's what I would prefer. You put Jamal Murray on Mikael Bridges. You put Jeff Green on Jay Crowder or whoever. And you put Jokic on Aiton and you go and you feel good. Um, I didn't mention Will Barton in there because I do think that Will Barton has to, like he has to understand that it's not just going to be offense for him when Jamal Murray comes back. Because they've got Monte Morris. They've got Bones Highland. They've got a lot of 
offensive centric guards that are going to continue to be good options, good playoff caliber options. And Will, for all that he wants to do on the offensive end, I know, I think his best path to helping the Nuggets out on a consistent basis is to lock in on the defensive end. And whether it's him, whether it's Davon Reed, whether it's somebody else that's not on the roster yet, I do think that Denver needs to have consistent minutes from a player that they can count on in the playoff rotation. Or else probably say goodbye to championship hopes. Like that's given how many guards there are in the Western Conference, I think that's pretty clear. Okay. And then number five, I want to see Jokic vindication after last playoffs. I think that he's somebody who he received a little bit of a hit, despite the fact that he was fantastic in the regular season, that he was fantastic in the first round of the playoffs. He received a hit uh, to his reputation for a lot of people uh, because of the Phoenix Suns' loss, because of the way that he handled it, because of the way that he slowed down. I understand why he slowed down. I understand why it was difficult for him and why a lot of Denver's actual rotation was the reason. That's not really going away unless Jamal Murray's fantastic coming out of the break, uh, coming out of his uh, injury hiatus. So I do think that Jokic has something to prove kind of deeper into the playoffs. Like Nobody expects him to be a first-round exit. Nobody expects the Nuggets to be a first-round exit. Like If they're playing the Memphis Grizzlies, the Nuggets will be favored. If they're playing the LA Lakers, I think the Nuggets will still be favored. Like, I think everybody believes in Jokic from a first-round perspective. But when it comes to a team with a great guard pick-and-roll, I do think that there's questions about him being exhausted, about him being able to carry everything on both ends, which is why I want to see them go get a defensive-minded wing. It's why I want to see them uh, continue to load up from a trade perspective and, and do what they can to bolster the roster. Now, it might not happen, and maybe that's the case, and that's okay. But I do want to see Jokic get the last laugh here because he's so good. He is the best player in the world, and I want to see him treated like that. Is that so hard? Is it really so hard to have that happen? Okay. And lastly, five personal things. I'm not going to spend too much time here on this one. Uh, I want to continue my weight loss journey. Uh, for, for people that know me, for people that have met me, I'm I'm overweight at this point and would like to continue to go in the direction that I've been going in the last four months. I, uh, I've lost about 40 pounds since September. And that's that's not a lie. Like I, I really have. And it's been great. It's been tough. It's been stressful at times. And when you don't see the number uh, drop from day to day, from week to week, it, it can be a little bit stressful at times. But I do want to continue that. Uh, it is a very interesting thing. Like I gained 40 pounds during the year and then lost it. So I'm kind of a net neutral. And that's a very weird place to be. Uh, but I want to continue to go that positive direction. I do think that like when I thought to myself that I would uh, move in that direction 
at the beginning of the year, I didn't realize that I was still going the wrong direction and needed to turn myself around. So I think that I have, I think that there are things that I've done that have really helped that. But uh, everybody that has been, everybody's been really positive when I've mentioned it briefly on Twitter. I don't do it that often, but I've lost 40 pounds. Feels pretty good. Um, Number two, I want to discover additional stats-based ways to educate Nuggets fans. And a lot of people consider me the stats guy, the rotation guy, trade guy, whatever you want to call me uh, from a a transactional standpoint or a statistical and analytical standpoint, not necessarily the actual basketball side or like the emotional side of things. That's fine. That's not my, that's not my niche to fill. Uh, But I do understand like people want the stats from me. A lot of times that's how they know me. That's how they uh, appreciate me. And I appreciate you for knowing me that way. So I want to continue giving back in that regard. Number three, I want to write a story that impacts people in a positive emotional way. And I've written some stories that that are good, that are good quality writing and whatnot. But I do feel like my writing specifically has taken a hit uh, ever since I started podcasting more, like from a five podcasts a week perspective. I want to write more. I feel like I'm a good writer. I want to be able to impact people in that positive way that gives them an opportunity to uh, kind of have a window into the soul of this Nuggets team a little bit. Mike Singer does a great job of this. Uh, Adam Morris, when he writes, does a really great job of this. Harrison has done a great job of this. Um, there's a lot of people who know what they're doing uh, from a writing perspective. Uh, and, and I want to continue to write that way as well. Number four, I want to travel to another country. And that's kind of off the wall, and it doesn't really pertain to the Nuggets that much. But uh, I want to leave the country. And Omicron is definitely not a a real great help in that regard. And not to mention financially, it can be pretty tough at times, but I want to have that experience this year. Not sure when it's going to be, not sure how I'm going to plan for it. Probably have to, to set aside some funds in order to do it, but it's something that I'd like to do. So if you have recommendations on countries that I should go visit, then let me know. Let me know what you think. And lastly, I want to meet more Nuggets fans. I enjoy my time when I go to the DMVR bar. Those guys are doing it right. I've said it a lot on here. Uh, they they know what they're doing from a from an interpersonal Nuggets fan perspective of giving people what they want, which is interaction. I'm currently podcasting by myself in my apartment, and uh, I would like to be able to go and hang out, have a good time. And like, there's some reasons why I'm, I'm doing this by myself, but I want to keep meeting Nuggets fans. I want to keep hanging out with people and getting to know them based off of how they knew the Nuggets and what they, what, the, what really stands out about them for this team, for teams of the past, whether they want Kenneth Fareed on a 10-day contract or if they want to go, to go all the way back to Marcus Camby, whether they like Mello. Uh, what's the uh, what's the four one one on uh, George Carl these days? Who I think is a very polarizing figure, uh, but I do think that people like Nuggets fans have such different and fun, unique perspectives on how they became Nuggets fans. A lot of it is because Jokic is now a part of the team, and Faku Campazo is a part of the team, and Michael Porter is a part of the team, and Jamal Murray is a part of the team. There are so many different weird players. That are all kind of in this mess of, of that is a that is a Nuggets roster, and 
it's fantastic. It's great. And getting to hear people's stories on that is really cool. On what brought them to be a Nuggets fan specifically. And why they've stuck around. What has kept them in the loop. So I'm interested in that. If you're interested in telling me your story, hit hit me up. Um, But for now, I had a great 2021. It was up and down, mostly way down for a lot of people. Reflecting on it now, it it was really tough for me. and, And there's some things that I'd love to change. But I do think that people... It's never as bad as it seems. And as long as you surround yourself with the right people, as long as you surround yourself with the people that care about you, you're going to be just fine. 2021, a lot of things happened that were bad. But hopefully that can just mean that we move on to a better 2022. From a Nuggets perspective and from a personal perspective. Everyone, I hope you have a great Uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Uh, I will be back tomorrow for a podcast about the Houston Rockets game, about how Denver plays Houston. and What the hell is is Nikola Jokic going to cook up this time with what is a a very uh, depressing-looking group around him? Hopefully everybody comes to play. Hopefully everybody figures it out. Uh, We will just have to see. Lots of surprises heading into the new year. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you very much for supporting this podcast. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.